You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Because I know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows. I know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows. I wish so while I was. And welcome to the Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I am Tim Capper. Along with the shaggy to my Scooby-Doo, Cliffy D. Hey, welcome, sir, to the season premiere. Season premiere. And they said we wouldn't last one season. Well, guess what, haters? We're back, and we promise to be even better in 2019. Season four premiere. I never thought. I never thought. I really didn't. But I'm glad we have. Glad we've gone this long. So Yeah. And not only that, people are excited to have us back. Yeah. Yeah. Who, 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 who would have thought? Two guys just gabbing about the uh gabbing about the uh the Alouettes would uh garner such a following. I know, and believe me, folks, we definitely appreciate each yeah, we're, and every we're one by, of your support. We're not tooting our own horn our, our own horns here. We're thanking everybody. <laughs> We really are. And I'm not kidding, folks. We uh, just on social media, uh, just going out to uh, certain events and things like that. And people, one of the things people ask is like, podcast, where's the podcast? When's the next podcast? I'm like, well, guess what, folks? The next podcast has arrived. It's here now. You're listening to it. And uh, there'll be plenty more coming before. And this, I'm not talking about before the season gets underway. So get ready, folks. On the road to 100 shows. On the road to 100 shows. Almost there. Almost there. Um, uh, how how was your off season so far? So far, so good. Uh, I mean, I, I feel a little bit rested. I think we needed to take a little time for ourselves, and uh, I think we're coming back in here. We're rested. We're ready to go, and I'm just thrilled. We actually have stuff to talk about. I mean, we don't we don't have to find any mindless filler or try to talk about you know stuff that's not really going on. So now that the fact that we actually have a fair bit of stuff to discuss uh-huh. now, as far as the Alouettes goes, is it's exciting and. It's only going to ramp up because don't forget next week uh, CFL free agency gets underway. You're right, it does. In March we've got a we got a combine to talk about. Uh, then the draft comes up in May, and next thing you know, boom, yeah. we're back in training camp. So. Yeah, and I think they're ho- they're hosting the Eastern Combine here in Montreal again. Oh yeah, yep. And so uh, I mean, like, football season really doesn't end. To be honest with you, I mean, you can take a break if you want, but I mean. If you really want to keep it going, you could. But I think for us, it, it kind of works out the way things have shaped up. And I'm, I'm really excited now to be able to present something new and something exciting here on the Alouette's Flight Deck for you guys. Yep. So I, I don't know about you, Tim, but I, I'm pretty stoked. I uh, just want to let you know that we will have uh, a, a, a portion of because it was a long interview that we had uh, with uh, Sebastien Belanger. Uh, he was he's the creative director over at Garden. He's the... Uh, uh, one of the guys who was in, involved with the new rebranding of the Alouettes, which we will be talking at for sure, which, a little bit between Cliffy and myself, but uh, getting a little bit more into the interview. Um, but we will have a portion of the interview available here on the pod, and then we will also have the in- full interview available also over at alouettesflightdeck.ca, so you can listen to your heart's content. And that was absolutely amazing, amazing. But before we get into the launch, because that was something we've been waiting for it since the first teaser came out. Um, one thing we haven't touched on, it's because the it was it was basically dropped the day after we finished our season finale, the CFL schedule. And I, yes, I understand we're so far behind in this, but we at least wanted to give in our, our thoughts 
on the CFL schedule for the Alouettes in 2019. And it's, uh, uh, Cliff, uh, it is, wow. It's something that we really have not seen as an Alouettes fan, at least since their return back in 96. Mm. Yep. Uh, I, I gotta tell you folks, uh, the Alouettes, uh, or maybe the league itself, or whoever, uh, as far as when it comes to creating something new and just presenting something different, one of the places to start would definitely be the schedule. And my goodness, uh, just taking a look at the schedule, and uh, we're seeing a lot of different things. Uh, most notably, uh, the the expression is Saturdays are for the boys. Well, definitely this year, in 2019, Saturdays are definitely for the Montreal Alouettes. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, to, to just give a quick rundown, I know everybody's seen it already, uh, but the, there are no Sunday home games for the first time since 1996. Uh, as Cliff was just mentioning about Sunday, uh, Saturday games, Saturday home games for the first time since 2007. And here's the biggest pet peeve of mine, Cliff. No Thanksgiving Day Monday home game for the first time in 13 years. Uh, I want to. I have. I have a rant about that one. Playing touchdown Atlantic for the second time since uh, first time was back in uh, 2013. They're still trying to determine where the game is going to be played. Um, interesting though, it's probably I think one. Isn't it one of the few Sunday games actually on the schedule this year? Yeah, it's uh, Sunday, August 25th, and it's, it's going to be a Sunday evening game too. So. Night, night game. It's actually 7:30 local. Yep. So uh, it's it's funny because you're just on the cusp of the new NFL season starting too. So I don't know if that's the reason why, or if it's just logistics or what. It, but uh, yeah, it's, it's it's really interesting. The Alouettes are going to be playing the Argos in somewhere in the Maritimes. In somewhere. Well, <laughs> as of what we heard over the radio and recently in uh, uh, the news from uh, from Halifax, it looks like Halifax has been uh, basically taken off the table. So the game will not be in Halifax because of uh, expansion cap- capabilities for the uh, for the universities that are there, and for the was it is it rugby? What are the Wanderers? What are the Halifax Wanderers? They have their own little park um, right. that holds six thousand. Currently, it's an all grass park, and they basically have nixed the idea. Also, I think that would probably would have been the best place to play. Um, it looks like everything's probably going to be heading to, to Moncton again. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's a good or a bad thing. Um, it's not a terrible idea because, yes, the last touchdown Atlantic in 2013 was played in Moncton. Uh, they do actually have a stadium, I believe it's over 10,000 seats, like actual seats, and there's yep. no temporary st- uh, seating in place. But, I mean, if, again, if the idea is you want to set up at an actual CFL-style stadium, then that's as close as you're going to get, I believe. Uh, other possibilities are in St. John or Antigonish because there are university stadiums there. But, once again, you run into the problem of not having uh, – I guess it all depends on just how many tickets they actually want to sell for this event. So yeah, that's going to exactly. be something to consider as well. It so may, I mean, it may be Moncton. I think, even though I was hoping for Halifax Cliff, it most likely will be a, a Moncton thing. Mm. Which is not, well, I'm saying there's nothing wrong with Moncton. Nothing no, wrong not with Moncton. No. I mean, it is a basically it is it's like it's like the others. It's like a small. It's a university town. Yep, and that's basically what it is. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, like regardless of where they hold it, as long as the league itself properly promotes this because that was the big problem with the touchdown atlantic in 2013 it was it was really just an afterthought and we were given this half-assed excuse about yeah. how they were devoting all of their time and energy to the 2012 great cup the 100th great cup I'm like um but that was a year before like it, it that, that that made absolutely no sense it's almost as if they just blew their entire budget on the 100th great cup and it's almost like oh crap we also have this uh 
other football game in the Maritimes. And, oh, yeah, I guess you can play it if you want. Mm-hmm. But, like, it just really felt like an afterthought, which mm-hmm. was, as far as I was concerned, really unfortunate and really did nothing to promote the the CFL or promote the Maritimes as a, a viable option for a CFL team. Yeah. Where, but this year it's going to be different, I believe, because now the Atlantic Schooners have been more or less been made official as of uh, this past grade cup. If they are actually going to put as much time and effort as possible in promoting it and helping to get the the word out, so to speak, then then maybe there's potential to make this a a real event once again. And that would be really awesome because even though you've got technically the two quote unquote worst teams in the CFL playing in the Argos and the Alouettes, I think again you put the right amount of publicity, the right hype behind this game, and the fact that you've got the Atlantic Schooners named behind it now. I think this really does have the potential to be a great event. So I'm I'm really curious to see just how much, how serious the CFL is in promoting this particular game. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. And I'm curious to know what the, how the Alouettes are going to actually do it at for their fan base. Whether it's going to be one of their travel games, whether it be by train, that would be interesting. Whether it be by train, whether it be by plane, whether it be by I don't know. I, I'm sounds like. Sounds like the Alouettes may have something up their sleeves about this, but I'm sure we'll find out uh, once it deter- once the it actually they actually determine where the game is going to be. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, okay. So as far as the Saturday games, this is very interesting. So the Alouettes have four Saturday games this year, Cliff. Um, it'll be the most since they actually played seven in 1984. Uh, just of note for any of any of you Owls fans who've had tickets for such a long time, you'll remember that they had three of them back in 2004. Um, I like the idea of the Saturday games, and they're all at, I mean, they're all at 4 p.m., interesting time. Sounds mm-hmm. something very similar to what, the, isn't it something similar to what the, uh, what the Rough Riders do on for their Saturday games? They usually have them in late afternoon. Late afternoon going into early evening, yeah. That's, uh, because again, you, you want to make these, you want to make these football games an event, and that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be nine or ten, if you count preseason, events. They're supposed to be little events, and I think the best way to do it is to play. I mean, I understand the, the CFL also wants to keep promoting Thursday night football and keep making that a thing. And of course we do have still at least one game being played on a Thursday night, yeah. which is to be expected. Yeah. But the fact that now that Saturday seems to be the night to try and get fans excited and get them hyped for football, I'm all for giving it a try. I, I think oh, I don't mind them. I don't mind I, them. I think fans will, will respond to it a lot better. I mean, you won't have the excuse of, oh, well, I had to work and I've got to work the next day and this and that and the other. Like, I mean, if nothing else, this should get – I'm hoping this will. This is what it's going to take to get fans interested in the product and get them back in personal Molson Stadium. Now, for me um, – by the way, the only quirk in the schedule I see, by the way, Cliff, and luckily it's not a home game for us – is that 11.30 a.m. preseason game in Toronto. WTF, man. Uh, talk about a franchise that really is not getting any respect whatsoever. I don't see how... I mean, I haven't seen anything. I don't know how the Argos are going to promote this one, unless it's a uh, day-off school type of thing, which I've seen being done before in the States. Yeah, I, I, I was actually going to say that yeah, I believe this is the idea, is that it is sort of a, a school day kind of promotion. Yeah. I haven't seen anything officially from the Argos, but I know they've done similar things like this in years previous, and it wouldn't surprise me if that's the the route they're going to take is doing a, a sort of school day promotion sort of thing to try and get young fans into BMO Field to to watch the Argos play. Um, as I mentioned before, I, I mean, I'm going to miss the Sunday games. I mean, they've been a tradition since I've been a season ticket holder and since the team's really been back. Um, I am looking forward to the Saturday, Saturday late afternoon games. I really am. It's going to be something different. Um, but... 
obviously, as, as, as everybody heard before, my biggest gripe, Cliff, is, is the loss of the Thanksgiving Day Monday home game. I mean, for, for Christ's sake, I mean, it's, it's been a yearly tradition for 13 straight seasons and 17 and, and 17 since 1998. Yeah. So I, it's just so frustrating that whether it is being dictated by, whether it's being dictated by, uh, by TSN, which I'm, that's what I thought of right away. Um, I don't think it's, I, this, this thing about going up against the, against the NFL, I think it is really garbage. In my opinion, it's garbage. I understand what the league is trying to do. They're trying to set a certain day, um, but you have you're having the the touchdown Atlantic game on a Saturday on a Sunday night. You're not going against anything in the in the U.S. on Thanksgiving Monday at all. I mean, I understand that there are issues, you know, with the Labor Day Classics where Toronto and Hamilton didn't play because of the issues I think in Hamilton and stuff like that. Uh, that happened for a year or two. Uh, hopefully, this that'll be the case here. Because there are very few traditions for Alouette's football. We don't have the Labor Day Classic. We don't have the Canada Day Classic. We don't have Canada Canada Day played here. Um, Labor Day, we don't, at the moment, we don't have a rivalry, really. Not, nothing that's been, you know, that's not over five years old. It's either mm-hmm. B, usually it's been BC and back-to-back weekends. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving Day was our tradition. 13 straight years. I mean, if anybody who's been to the games, you can remember what has happened. All the historical notes in Alouette's history that's happened on Labor Day Monday, excuse me, on Thanksgiving Monday. Mm-hmm. I just hope that, the, again, that this is a one-year thing that, the, as I said, it's not, it's not, I understand, it's not Labor Day. Da, 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 da. It's still our tradition, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, and it only happened, yes, again, from 2003 to 2002 to 2005, it, we played on the road. But it's 13 straight years, Cliff. I mean, how, how would you, I, don't, I mean, I don't know how you feel about that because, you know, usually we go to every single game. But to me, this was part of my Thanksgiving day, uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And also, too, the fact, and this is kind of a, a bit of a selfish thing, but uh the tailgate. I mean, the the tailgate has really outdone themselves year after. The guys that do the tailgate have really outdone themselves year after year with doing an actual turkey dinner. Yeah. And that to me became a part of that tradition as well. Like that you're talking about. Yes, we've seen some incredible moments at the uh, the Thanksgiving Day games, and you combine that with like the tailgate and just the whole idea of like you got the day off, you, you go watch a football game, and more often than not, the weather's been nice. I mean, the last couple of years, unfortunately, it hasn't been, but I still remember there's a couple of uh, these Thanksgiving Day games where we went and it was bright and sunny out. It was almost like a like a late fall. Well, not like, a, like I said, a late summer game in the sense that it was still pretty warm that you could actually just wear a T-shirt even. And again, this is – we're talking about early October here. Yeah. And, and and you're you're still out in in a t-shirt. I mean that's that's terrific. I mean, like there's just so many good games that we've seen over the years on Thanksgiving, and yeah, it's really unfortunate that they're getting away from it. And like you, I really hope this is just a one-off, like one, like just taking a one-year break from this, and that next year they go back to having that that game because you're absolutely right. It, it is a part of our history. It is a part of our tradition. And we don't have a whole lot, but we do definitely have Thanksgiving. So I really hope that the Alouettes and the CFL kind of realize just how important that is and come 2020 that the game on Thanksgiving Monday is back. I hope it would be nice. Um, let's, um, 
Talk about the schedule. We did happen to learn this week um, at the launch, which we'll be talking about a couple minutes here. At the new brand launch, uh, we did find out through sources that the and sort of Piffles, the guys over at Piffles sort of confirmed it anyways with their with their interview recently with the uh, with the commissioner. Uh, but we did find out that the um, Randy's road trip will be coming back to Montreal like it did last year. It's funny; it fell it fell on the same exact day the, uh, last year as the launch did this year, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, but uh, I've been told March. March sometime is when it'll be coming to Montreal. I wasn't given any any particular date. Um, if they held it over the McCord Museum like they did last year, Cliff, I think that was a perfect venue. Um, and it's near campus. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, I'm, that I'm pretty psyched about. Um, before we get to the launch, too, also it was reported, I think by, was it reported by Arash Madani? Madani about uh, training camp? Was it, was it Arash or was it um, Mokan who reported uh- Mokan had reported that, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, that it, the, he had heard through industry sources that it's very possible that the Alouettes are going to be announcing in the near future that training camp will be taking place at McGill University. That would be extremely cool. Nothing wrong with a big O last year. No, not at all. But to have it at McGill, that would be interesting. The Owls have not done, wow, the Owls have not done anything at McGill. Was it O two? Where they had the practice? Well, they also had a couple of practices last year, uh, training cramp sessions oh, last yeah, year. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yes. But yeah, on a, on a big scale thing, though, it's never really been done over at Percival Molson Stadium. So and, and like just also, too, I'm thinking with the locker room situation, I don't know how that's going to completely work out. But uh, yeah, it's true, too. Yeah. But again, if, if I'm, I'm all for them having as many sessions as possible at Percival Molson Stadium, even if you're bussing in from... Uh, Olympic Stadium, like if you've got to get dressed at Olympic Stadium, come over to Percival Molson to do the uh, do your sessions and then head back. I'm I'm all for that as well. I mean, I I think that's I've said numerous times at the very, very, very least have the first day official day of training camp at Percival Molson Stadium. I was saying this back when the team was having training camp in Lennoxville. I mean, that, that's a, a bit of a drive. Unless you're a hardcore fan, you're not necessarily going to make that drive from Montreal to yeah, that, to, uh, to Lanksville. Yeah, it's like going to Ottawa. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I, 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 I always said, like, at least you're the Montreal Alouettes. You should be in Montreal at, at the very least for the first day of training camp to at least get people in the city thinking about football and getting them hyped about football a little bit. So if you're now looking to have more training camp sessions at Percival Molson Stadium, I think that can only be a good thing and get people – interested get them talking about it and let them be a part of the city and let the players be a part of the city in the city as well i mean even over at olympic stadium i mean yes you are technically on the island of montreal but you're still out in the east end i mean you're still a little bit removed from the actual downtown core whereas if you have the the sessions over at molson stadium boom you're you're right downtown you're right in the middle of it and people can just stop by and check it out and again this is another way to get people excited about the alouettes again get them interested and talking about the team again yeah I, yeah uh i like it just based on from where i'm working i, I could hey lunch at training camp hmm hmm possibly oh there you go that's <laughs> possibly uh also uh before we talk about the the uh the launch and then get into the get into the interview and our chat with uh, with sebastian um we have a new dc go go ahead and uh, uh 
let the fans know if they don't know already who our new DC is, and we can start our our chat from there. All right. Well, as if you, as you folks may may have heard, uh, Rich Stubler is no longer the defensive coordinator for the Montreal Alouettes because, as Devon Claybrooks became the head coach for the BC Lions. He was allowed to choose his own staff, and he decided to have Rich Stubler go out to BC and be the defensive coordinator there. So now who is going to replace Stubler in Montreal? Well, the Alouettes decided to— We thought it was going to be somebody else, but it wasn't. We had a couple of ideas in mind of who would have been a good candidate, and when all was said and done, the Alouettes decided to reach back into the past of the Green Bay Packers— and also of Mike Sherman, and decided to bring in his old defensive coordinator from the Packers, uh, Bob Slowick. Uh, now, this is definitely an interesting choice because, uh, one, Bob Slowick has not been in a uh, football locker room for at least six years. And also, uh, once upon a time, when Sherman was the head coach of the Green Bay Packers and Slowick was his defensive coordinator, uh, Sherman fired him after posting some not great numbers. So now I have to wonder, uh, uh, <laughs> how, can I, how can I put this? Um, why would uh, I, I guess sometimes you want to go back to the well and try and see what you can get out of it. But yeah. um, why would you go back to this particular well? And just the idea that you're hiring a defensive coordinator who has not been in a football locker room of any sort in six years. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I, I I just I don't know what to say about this. To be honest <laughs> with you, I can tell. <laughs> you, you you know me, Tim. I always want to be positive. I always want to look at all the positive angles of this, and I just find didn't that it, it's one thing. Fi- it's didn't one Sherman fired Slowick when he was GM. That's that that like, that's my point. <laughs> you, you've already hired and fired this guy once before. Like the time make thing. Like does absence really make the heart grow fonder? Like. <laughs> And again, what, what's really concerning more than anything else is it's one thing to not have CFL experience. That doesn't seem to bother anyone uh, in this organization. But the fact that you – did I mention that this guy hasn't been in a friggin' locker room for six years? <laughs> yes. yes yeah, and you can say it again. And listen, I'm not going to name names, but at the launch party, uh, I did speak with a couple of defensive players. And I did ask them, what did you think of this? And – I could see them kind of struggling like how I've been now the past couple of minutes into trying to formulate something kind of positive or at least try not to come across as what the hell is this? Uh, again, there's 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 optimism, but there's caution as well. And that's that makes me concerned. Let's put it that way. Uh, like I said, who knows? This could be end up being the most brilliant hire ever or one of those instances where if you don't have experience – We'll still give you a job. Like it just it it doesn't resonate with me, especially when there have been some very talented coaches out there that do this new CFL salary cap for coaching staffs. A lot of good coaches have been shown the door from other teams, and those coaches had CFL experience. And I just find it very, very, very hard to believe that the Alouettes, Mike Sherman and Kavis Reed couldn't convince at least one of those coaches to come to Montreal and be a part of the staff. So it, it starts off, you know, what we were doing when it came to the, the, the head coaching situation with Mike Sherman, uh, the names that we went through and why these people were not either hired or brought back uh, for another interview. You know, Devon Klebuk is the great example considering where he is now. Um, 
why not Mike? Uh, Mike Benavides? Why not Mike Benavides? Which, which, and by the way, Jacques Chapdelaine may be showing up in the CFL again, too. I mean, yep. I, I just don't get it, dude. I yeah. just really don't get it. I mean, we had a former Al who could easily have been our our our, our, our DC. Mm-hmm. Mark Washington yeah. was out there, and now he's going to be the, the defensive coordinator for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> like I said, you go through the coaching ranks, and there's there's some good talent out there. And again, as, as of right now, uh, as of right now, Benavides is still uh, on the market. Like, now I've heard rumblings that he would prefer to stay out west. And okay, fine. I mean, I, uh, I understand, especially now with a, a cap in place, it's not like you can throw tons of money at a coach and convince them to come over like you they gotta want to come now at this point but i i'm just baffled that are you telling me that of all the potential coaches that are out there you the guy that you hired is going to be better than them like i mean this is this is a very very risky move i i don't want to be negative about it but my word i mean how do you how do you spin this? I, mean, I know this considering is... how much better better the rich stubler defense was at the end of the year Yes, it did. It took a while for it to come together. And a lot of the players did say, like, we believe in what Coach Stilber is selling. I mean, again, he, he's not a dummy. I mean, if he was, then Devon Claybrooks wouldn't have made his first, made him one of his first coaching hires. So there, And his system does work eventually. It just took a while for this particular team to really come together and for that defense to really come together. But when it did towards the end of the season, absolutely, it worked. So I, replacing it is easier said than done. But then you go and you hire a former NFL coach who has no CFL experience and hasn't coached anywhere in a long time. I'm sorry, but six years is a long time to not be coaching, to not to not know what's going on in any football league. I mean, that's that, that's baffling. Yeah, at least Stubler was coaching. Yes. I'm uh, sorry, not Stubler. Sherman, at least Sherman was coaching. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't, so <laughs> yeah, I don't get it, dude. Uh, uh, when you're at a loss for words and I'm at a loss for words, we know. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 listen. I, I wish, obviously, I, I, I wish Coach Slowick all the luck because, quite frankly, he's going to need it. I mean, man, I, I, and these players too. I really hope that they. I hope it works. I mean, with just, all the changes, with all the changes that you know, because of this, of this new, of this new cap, coaches cap, how much. How much of a leash does he have? And God forbid if he is let go and the Owls are scoring, but they're not able to stop. What's from what we've seen so far, who can they go to? Well, that's it. As it stands right now, I mean, you, you look at this coaching staff and like, like this year has to be do or die for the Alouettes when it comes to like with all the trouble they've gone through in relaunching this new identity and the current struggles that they've had in the past and the, the challenges that are in, in front of them, both on and off the field. I mean, you cannot afford another misstep. You cannot afford another three and 15 season, even five and 13 that they posted last year. Like these are not acceptable numbers by any stretch. Like the, at this point, I I'm going to say it's playoffs or bust for the Alouettes. I mean, if, if this coaching staff cannot get this team to the playoffs, then you're gonna have to start all over again, and I even go so far as to say, administration is gonna have to take a long, hard look at themselves and decide: do we have the right pieces in place going forward? Because, like, the, this is the environment that you've created, and is it the right one? And if if this team's winning, winning fixes everything. If this team's winning, then no one's gonna say a word. But if this team puts together another 
sad sack season and you just went through all the trouble of reestablishing this new identity and trotting out these awesome new uniforms and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, you got to win. And if you're not putting out the best product possible and you're not putting together the best possible staff in order to get those wins, then we've got a major, major problem. Yes. You know, let, please, 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 please. Uh. I'll, I'll say this. If, if this coaching hire of Bob Slowick ends up working out, I will gladly eat the crow. Oh, I will, yeah. yeah. I will eat every single one of my words. But yeah. <laughs> at this point, you got to like the, you know, you can't ask for patience. You can't say trust the process. You got it. It's time to produce. Simple as that. I mean, the, like there's, there, there cannot be the amount of goodwill that this team can be afforded. is very, very little. I mean, especially with the moves that have been made over the past couple of years, there's a lot of proving to be done. And that's really what's going to come down to is you can, say all the nice words you want but at the end of the day you've got to produce you and at this point it's time to win and if this if this is the winning formula like i said i will gladly retract i will recant everything blah 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 but if we if you turn in another losing performance then it's not just me you're gonna have to listen to talk about how bad things are it's everyone and it all again it starts at the top and it works its way down yeah and lastly, before we get to the interview and talk about the, the launch, um, since our last show in December, the Alouettes, and, you know, we, we weren't really sure what was going to happen when it came to the free free agency because, you know, with the CBA being due coming up in uh, uh, expiring in uh, May, um, we weren't sure what was going to happen. But I think we have been pretty surprised at the names that the Alouettes have signed, but yet also some of the names that are still currently uh, looking at free agency. And I know you have a uh, have an entire list that you can catch our fans up on. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, let's go through quickly of who will not be with the Alouettes in 2019. Uh, Joe Burnett, who is one of our free agency pickups of last season, uh, unfortunately suffered that uh, horrendous injury that ended his season, and he's uh, unfortunately been shown the door. Uh, Tavon Campbell, who actually was one of the bright spots in the secondary, okay. uh, he's got an opportunity to play uh, in the NFL, so he was given his release in order to go and do that. Uh, Faith Ikakati, if I mispronounce it, I apologize, but uh, he was the first overall pick two years ago from the Winni- for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, he had signed on with the Alouettes, but unfortunately got hurt and missed the entire season, and the Alouettes have decided to just move on from him. Yeah, we we talked to him a few times uh, at post game, hadn't we? Yes, we had, and just a absolutely wonderful guy. But uh, just just snake bitten more than anything else. I mean, the poor guy just could not get on the f- could, could not get on and stay on the field. So that's that's really unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence Pittman, who also made his uh, debut for the Alouettes in the backfield, uh, along with uh, William Stanback and Ryder Stone. Uh, he's been released and is actually now going to be playing in the Alliance of American Football this coming season. And uh, just recently, Joshua Stanford, who was uh, part of the trade that went that saw uh, uh, Patrick Lavoie and uh, uh, Philip Blake head over to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, uh, he I guess uh, didn't make the cut, so he's now he has actually been released. And uh, perhaps one name that uh, may or may not shock a lot of people, but uh, Drew Willie. <laughs> who was the starting quarterback for the first game of the Alouettes in 2018. Uh, with the myriad of quarterbacks that the Alouettes have, including one Johnny Manziel, uh, Drew became the odd man out, and he uh, now finds himself uh, 
looking for work. And it was done very quietly. Very, I, think, I think it was reported a couple weeks before, either by Herb or, or by somebody else. And then, again, it, it, I was like, come on, just just, just say it. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I, 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 mean, I mean, it's obvious. Look how many quarterbacks we currently have on our roster. Duh. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so, it, I mean, it became painfully obvious that Drew Willie was not in the plans for the Alouettes. So, yeah, it would have been just, just as well to just say, you know what? Thanks for all your contributions. Wish you well in your future endeavors, and uh, don't let the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> yep, you you and your six starts. Yep. So let's get oh. to some po- positive news. Who who did we sign? <laughs> well, we definitely did sign some players. Yep. Uh, uh, most recently, actually, uh, Martin Badar, our long snapper. Yep. He has been uh, re-upped for another year. He's been here forever. Yep. And let me tell you, you the funny thing about long snappers is. If you don't know who they are, they're doing their job. Yeah. Because once you don't, when you don't have your long snapper, it shows, and it is not easy to replace a good long snapper. So I'm really happy to that uh, Marty's coming back for at least another year. Uh, he's uh, getting, he's starting to get a little older, but uh, I mean, he still does a fantastic job, and uh, also a big part of the community as well. So I'm really happy to see that he's back for another year. Uh, Ernest Jackson will be back in the uh, lineup for, as receiver for the Alouettes. Nothing, not, uh, nothing, not, not uh, nothing against uh, E-Jack because I thought he was a great pickup. But I'm actually very surprised he resigned. I am too because he never seemed to be a complete fit in the Alouettes offense, and you can blame that on any number of things. Uh, the fact that there's been multiple offensive coordinators and multiple quarterbacks, and it's just it's been so difficult to really establish a rhythm. Like he has not looked like the all-star or even I'll, I'll even say it like the guy's a great cup champion. Uh, the year that he won the great cup, he was the Eastern nominee for most outstanding player. So, I mean, th- this guy has talent, but you'd never know it ever since he put on an LOS uniform. He just sort of looked lost more than anything else, yeah. which is unfortunate. Like the guy's got talent, but he's just never really had a chance to really truly show it. So I'm, I sincerely hope that in the their effort to get some stability, I really hope that the Alouettes find a way to get this guy in the offense more and just find him a quarterback that can really bring out the talent because it's there. He's got talent. It's just so poorly used. That's the only problem. Uh, but you know what? Sometimes you need that uh, that tag team partner, that 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 guy on on you know, beside you that's going to make you even better. And they've signed that guy in Eugene Lewis. Yeah. He has also been extended, so that's also a very exciting move. Because I'm happy about that. Yeah, I mean, guy led the guy led the Alouettes in receiving, has played phenomenal football, and has even thrown touchdown passes in addition to catching them. So, you know, this kid is multi talented, and I, I say kid because he's 24 or 20, no, 24 or 25, and he still has a lot of good football left in him. So, the fact that Montreal was able to keep his services for another year at least. I, I mean, that's just great. I, I'm really happy to see Gino back in the in the lineup. And if he and Jackson can get there and just be that one-two punch for the Alouettes, I mean that that can only be good as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Yeah. I also, also extended is uh, Christian Matt, who has been a, a very solid addition to the the Alouettes offensive line. I, I mean, this O line gets dragged week in and week out, mostly by us. But Matt has been a, a good soldier for the past few years. Uh, first round draft pick in 2011. Uh, he's tried to take over the center position when Luke Bernard Jodin was hurt and did an okay job at first, but it just never felt like a really good fit. Like he's more of a natural guard and 
you see it. I mean, as, as, as far as guard goes, he's outstanding. When it comes to making him a center, it, it works in emergency situations, but it's definitely not a long-term solution. And this is something that Montreal is going to have to address as well in the future, is finding the next Luc Bredorjone as far as center goes. Uh, it's not going to be Christian Matt, I'll tell you that right now. But I'm very happy to have him back as a guard. Uh, as I said, he's also one of these guys that's very involved in the community, does a lot of uh, programs with the Alouettes for schools and things like that. So right. he's definitely the kind of guy – Like this is the guy, kind of, again, not the, the flashiest, sexiest player, but, I mean, like he comes to work and he, he does his job day in and day out. And that's the kind of guy you want to have in your locker room with, with without question. Another guy who is very much in that same vein that's also been extended is uh, Tony Washington. Uh, just a beast of a man. Uh, has that left tackle guard, the blind side down perfectly, as far as I'm concerned. When he's healthy, you're not going to get much better than that. And considering the number of quarterbacks that this Alois team has gone through year in and year out, being able to have someone that can protect the quarterback is a blessing. And that's what Tony Washington brings. And he, too, is very much a... Uh, just a, a community guy, someone who wants to be a part of this, and he's been at all the the offseason events so far for the Alouettes, and I'm very happy that uh, Washington is sticking around because that means whoever the quarterback's going to be for the Alouettes, that quarterback's going to be protected. As long as Tony Washington is healthy and in the lineup, that blindside is going to be more than fine. And uh, so far, that's that's pretty much it so far for the Alouettes as far as transactions go. I mean, we've got another week until free agency really kicks off. Uh, I'm sure we'll discuss it in the future, but uh, there's certain players that I'd like to see back uh, that haven't put pen to paper yet. And I'm really hoping that this next week confirms that. We uh, really hope to get some more news before free agency starts because there's a couple of guys on this list that I do not want to see go to market because I'm fairly convinced that other teams, if they know that this guy's available, they will take him. So yeah. I, I sincerely hope that Cavis uh, has got his pencil sharpened and he starts uh, getting the phones going, whatever it takes to get these guys in, get them committed for 2019 and beyond. I mean, and more than just like, hey, come play for the Alouettes. You got these cool new jerseys to wear. You have to work a little harder than that. But uh, <laughs> I think there's a couple of guys here that we know are a presence in the locker room that are great in the locker room yeah. and they're, they're natural leaders. Those are the guys you want to sign. Those are the guys you want to keep happy and keep them in the lineup. Right. So, again, we'll see what we'll see what this uh, this upcoming week brings. But yep. uh, we'll, I hope a lot. I hope a lot of these guys. Like I said, there's a lot of these guys that definitely belong on this team, and I sincerely hope that uh, you know, uh, as, as as I said before, just get the numbers right. Yeah, get these guys in here, make them a part of this team, make sure that they understand that they're part of this nucleus, and. Get them committed long term. That, that's that's what you got to do. Cavis, that that's your job right now. So I, I sincerely hope you're doing that right now. Yeah, and we'll keep everybody up to date, obviously, as the as the things change, or either social media or whatnot. Uh, speaking of social media and uh, whatnot, uh, do not forget that we are on social media. There are multiple places where you can uh, find us. Uh, the best places, obviously, is our Twitter account and our Facebook account. Uh, it is Twitter is at uh, Alouettes FL Deck. Uh, Twitter just search for Alouettes Flight Deck. And also, if you want to listen to all the past three seasons of the Alouette's Flight Deck, you can do so on our archives. Best place to check that out is over at alouettesflightdeck.ca. But you can also check out all of our shows over at um, at iTunes, Google Play Music, uh, Spotify, and I've forgotten the other one. Stitcher. Thank you, and Stitcher. I almost got it. First <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, ch- check us out in uh, most of those places and, uh, 
Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, we are uh, want to know uh, what you guys think of the show. Um, before we get into what Cliff and I th- think about uh, what happened with the, the launch, we are going to talk about it. We did have a great interview, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, with the creative director of Garden, uh, Sebastien Boulanger. He was um, kind enough to join us and, and talk about the, the process and how uh, his organization and the team uh, got together and decided how they were going to rebrand the Montreal Alouettes for the first time in, wow, since 1996. So uh, we'll get to the interview, uh, at least a portion of the interview, uh, and then we'll come back and Cliff and I will uh, give our thoughts on the launch this past Friday. Well, anybody who is in Montreal, especially this past Friday, especially if you're an Alouettes fan, uh, you knew that something big was coming over the horizon for this team. The Owls had promoted this during the season last year with the advertisement over at the uh, over at the McGill Metro Station, and it all ended on Friday with the the new launch of the branding for the Montreal Alouettes. So they, all this started for those of you who are fans. It all started way back on March nineteenth, nineteen ninety six, when the team announced their original Angry Bird logo, which was done by Starter at the time. So they announced this new look. Almost 23 years to the day. And what's something that we weren't able to do 23 years compared to now, we can actually speak with uh, one of the designers who is in charge of this new branding that you will be seeing on the field and I'm sure many other places on the island of Montreal and in Quebec. So we are now speaking with uh, Sebastien Boulanger. He is the creative director of Garden Design Agency, and, and Garden is actually out of Quebec City, which I did not know. Hey, uh, Sebastian, thanks for joining us. Hey, nice to have you. So first, we, we have to, to ask, um, how did you get into design? Uh, why uh, did, you design, uh, did you join uh, Garden? Um, what's your, your history when it comes to, uh, to, uh, to design? Well, uh, if we start by Garden, it's like it's a startup. Like we, we don't have any... Like two years, it's been uh, eighteen months since we uh, we started it with the uh, with the Alouettes. Like my first project was the Alouettes. So, oh, okay. uh, for, and uh, I, before that, I was at Cassette. I worked for six years at Cassette, and before that, I uh, I was a basketball coach. <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I've quit basketball to uh, hop in my new passion, and Cassette was a a nice school to start with. They put me like in every field, web, advertising, design, because I always loved to draw. And I always, I was, I was learning Adobe Photoshop 3 just by passion, just by, I, I love the, the era of, of computers and, and graphic design. So, so that was my passion. And then I, I just quit coaching uh, at basketball and started at Pat. And I started garden like, uh, yeah, been 18 months. Wow. Wow. Um, so you actually, you didn't go to school for, for graphic design. You just, it's your, you're completely self-taught. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Completely self-taught. I, it was a small school. Uh, I, I mean, I'm from Sherbrooke, but it was a small school, but, uh, it, it, it uh, after that, no, it, it's self-taught. Yeah. Wow. And one thing that we found out while speaking with you prior to, uh, prior to the interview 
is um, your um, your relationship with the Owls president, Patrick Boivin, just did not start with the Alouettes rebranding, did it? Exactly. Uh, when Patrick announced that he was uh, leading the singers to the Alouettes, I was actually at the same, almost the same day, leaving Cassette to start my, my studio. So I just wrote him saying congrats, told him if ever yeah. <laughs> that I, I was starting my, my thing. And he said, yeah, maybe. We'll see. Uh, and then, yeah, after that we met. And so we had a lot of fun on the singers. Uh, it was a perfect project like, to, uh, to involve students with that, the branding. It was, it's, it was quite similar. You mm -hmm. see, like they had that, that cartoon B uh, and there were a lot, there were a lot of history there also. Um, so they were similar, similar things. Uh, with similar the projects. In the yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, similar problems also. <laughs> oh, I can, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Cliff, what's up? Go ahead. Okay. Uh, take us through the actual, from the moment that Patrick Boivin says, okay, I want to rebrand the Alouettes. Take us through yeah. basically from day one, essentially, like the, the whole process. Like where, 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 does the, where do things start when it comes to coming up to the logo that we see right now? Well, it started like uh, Patrick was not, he was not into like uh, changing the logo at the beginning. It was more, uh, and he said it like finding the DNA because there were so many employees rolling in, rolling out, so many players rolling in, rolling out, uh, coaches rolling in, rolling out that, when I, I believe when he arrived and he was asking where, where, what are we? Where? And there were not a lot of answers. So for now, that was more a quest of we have to go back in our history, but also how to link that history with today and to uh, put pride into the employees to work on, 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 the, on a daily basis for the Alouettes, beside winning and losing. So, of course, like marketing-wise, if you win, it does the job. If you have like a, a stretch of not going well, then what's your brand? And this is, that was maybe the, like the first day. So with that point, after uh, that, uh, yeah, no, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Keep continue. So uh, after that, like uh, in that quest of the DNA, it was like, I think they were like three agencies. And uh, uh, when it was my turn, I just, uh, I said, uh, if you're looking for your DNA, I believe it's quite, uh, Quite simple. Just add a nest to the city, and you have the Owls. And nobody can, no, no other team can have their nickname in the city's name. So, the resilience of Montrealers and Quebecers, the the fun of Montreal, the the it's a passion city, diversity, uh, and the, you guys uh, in Montreal have a lot of music, a lot of DJs, a lot of of fashion, food. This is this this. All those triggers you have it in your team. You serve food. You have music at the halftime and in in the in the and the beginning of the games and inside the games. People wear stuff. People wear caps. So you have all those ingredients that is the DNA of the city. So I think he kind of liked the the idea of putting an S to Montreal and then travel on that 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 thing. And after that, I I I had the mandate. So. Nice. Now, was there any originally? Uh, did the Mont uh, the Montreal's thing just just pop up? Was it something you thought about, or was it one of those 
light bulb moments where it's like, ah, this is this is what the team is. This is what their DNA is. Uh, I, I I've read like a lot of, of stuff and and thing that strikes me, I like when I start digging, it's like 1946. God, I didn't even know that. And then 1966, then they were losing even more. And then 74, 77, all those things like the Pope and uh, they had so much stories. Like I, so it was so interesting that I said, man, we need to, uh, need to go deeper into it. And then the logo came and I was just thinking like, Every moment that the Alouettes were like, was not going well, they changed the logo. We're actually at our five logos. It's like, a, it's like the fifth chapter of that, of logos. Like, yeah. It's like in our DNA. It's our story. Like, uh, like, uh, and people don't even, I, I don't know if people know that. Because last year when we rolled out all those year, it's like, like it was like a, time line, a, a time, uh, timeline that we want to do. Yeah. Start from 46 to today. So, uh, yeah. How much, um, how hard was the actual um, design process? I mean, besides you and, uh, and uh, Patrick Boivin, how many other people did you include, including, uh, we haven't mentioned them, but you're, I'm sure your other uh, uh, colleagues. Yeah, colleagues over at Garden. Uh, how many other people were involved in the process? We're three uh, at Garden, and this is the model that we we want to create to collaborate with with, with the, the people inside the business. Instead of just hiring an agency and then your CRM employees just saying this, we involved we got involved with a lot of employees at the Alouettes, uh, and in that case, uh, I also uh, went to see Vice uh, for that for uh, helping. But uh, at the beginning, uh, it was. Three of us and a lot of, it's like three, two or three months, you just uh, roll around the, uh, with them asking questions, right. uh, going to the games uh, and, and just try to figure it out uh, what's going on here, mm-hmm. but why uh, there are so many employees leaving and why are the players are not, when, when I, just, just, a, just a quick note, like when I ask a player, like, you know who Anthony Calvillo is? He didn't have a clue. So that was for me like, uh, whoa, wait a minute. Cause, but, but when you put it in perspective, like a kid is coming from the United States. Yeah. He's 23 years old, 24. Well, he doesn't know Anthony Calvillo, but nothing in the office, nothing in the stadium, or there's no like when he arrives to Montreal, what's the history of the team? We, we, and it's, so, it's such a itch, rich history. So how to how to embrace that history and to put it inside. So the first thing was to, we need to hop in the players first, the employees, and then the fans. So the, the, that's, so I may be like, I, I've met like 100, 200 people, right. but I've worked like a lot with, with the employees. So maybe we were maybe 15, like to start with. Okay. Trent, yeah. Cliff? And through that process, uh, did anyone, whether you're talking to players, uh, employees of the team, or fans, was there anyone that said that was just vehemently opposed to the idea of changing the logo, or was everybody receptive to the idea that yeah, it's time for a change, it's time to refresh the look? Uh, depends on the age. <laughs> uh, it, it, yeah, the younger ones were totally in changing. Like, and um, when I met like uh, people from the merch side, merchandising. 
it, it was a hard logo. The Angry Bird was a hard logo. It was it was complicated. Like it, it, it was not easy to uh, just on, on a production level, uh, and the colors were tough. Uh, but and when were you going with more history with people that were there from a long time? It's like, do we really need to change the logo? And we didn't. I I, I, I always say Pat to, to Pat like the change of the logo is the change of it's it's the last thing that you want to do mm-hmm. but if you need if you have to change it it's, it's, it's you you have it's like a statement that you do you put that statement that there's that's a new era here right so that was like for Andrew Cavis and Patrick that was like the statement that they wanted to they want to say that we we're changing where yeah okay um the timeline itself Sebastian, was approximately yeah. how long? Because I know they gave us a rough, because I think what people need to understand when it comes to design, I mean, yes, you can, so anybody I'm sure who has some background can just quote unquote knock out a logo, but this was just more than just that. You wanted to have yeah, it was. some history behind it, some some reasoning behind it. How long was, yeah. the, was the entire process from uh, approximately from when you first got started to the... Uh, to when it was finalized. So when we started, it was more into art direction of how to tell the story. Mm-hmm. So last year at the stadium, we started the, the walk of fame, like the 50 uh, banners that when you were going out of the stadium, yeah. you, have, you started from 1946 and telling the, those stories. It, that was our first project, like to have the vibe of modern and mixing with the, with the, the, with, with the vintage stuff, the old school, the, the pictures that we saw, and people really liked it. Uh, and this is where the vibe I was going into. Uh, so after that, we start uh, exploring the uniforms. So, and there, we're, we knew we wanted to change the logo, but we, I didn't have any logo yet. Okay. Um, so we designed and the uniforms and then starting to sketch some logos after that. Uh, and thing is, Pat, Andrew, and Cavus, they they have they are disruptive. They wanted to, and in a good way. Right. Uh, they wanted yeah. So I could not come up with a simple like, traditional logo on the side. For me, it was like if we want to put that statement of toujours game and put it into uh, aesthetic, I needed to be like a bit hedgy, but I I didn't want to be gimmicky though. Right. Uh, and yeah. So. We started sketching logos, and for me, I had really problems like going with the A because of the Argonauts. Right. Because the Argos, I went like, uh, if we go with the A, they actually have that A. So, so, and then the story is airplane and the bird and something just like super simple. Like when you ask a kid to draw a bird, you will actually draw M. Like there's wings in the and an M. Like same for the plane, and so. After that, we did a lot of sketches because I I knew we were we were to to uh, get more involved with the city of Montreal. Like we want to since we have Montreal's and the city, and then start catching. And so, so after that, it was more like at the beginning it was a, it was filled. The bird was filled up, mm-hmm. but we loved the 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 era of the city of the Montreal, like the outline red with the curve. So that was like thing that we just getting even closer with the city. So, yeah, this is, and from that, the logo is not really quick. It's not really uh, long to draw, you know? 
Right. It's more like tweaking stuff, but mm-hmm. it's more having you with the ideas of, can it be simpler than that? I don't believe so. Like we have an M, a bird, and then with the, the, the squadron, you know, the, 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 the 425 squadron, like just have that, that uh, a bit of military position of the, how it ends like a crest of army, mm-hmm. something like that. So this is where, and then the flower list came up. Maybe that was a bit too much now. Like, like people start to see everything, everything, but it's a good to know that the list is in there, but it was not there at the beginning. I, I will admit, I think Cliff will agree with me on this one. We've seen many other companies and teams do do logo uh, you know, rebranding, and they explain what is within a logo. And I will admit, I, sometimes it's just way too much. It's like these three lines equals yeah. this, this, this. I'm yeah, like, yeah. stop, please, just make it as simple <laughs> yeah. as possible. Um, yeah, yeah. When it, as you said, it, uh, the logo itself, a bunch of there was tweaking and stuff like that. Uh, when did what was the initial reaction from the uh, from the organization when they saw uh, the direction that you were going with the varies? And this is my opinion, very seventies esque, very similar yeah. Delta uh, Delta logo ish yeah. logo. What, what exactly. was the what was their what was the uh, the organization's uh, initial thoughts? On that week when we, uh, I decided, I said to my colleagues, we have three different paths. I said, we're going to just present that one. For me, it was like, we cannot go simpler than that. And when they saw it, it was a, it was a, um, instant. Mm-hmm. They, they just like, we got it. So, uh, <laughs> and when I tested to put it on the helmet and that, because when you just put like the logo on the helmet, you always, you also see an M from the front right there's a double m on it that's true so, that's true yeah yeah it's a double m so it was like and for me like position of players and position of birds like flock of birds there's something in in that area that i really like and yeah it was not nah, it was instant you liked it now uh, cliff i'll let you get your question i just wanted to make one point to sebastian that i noticed when i saw the second m is that yeah. uh, where the team currently plays at McGill, if you go back and you check out their history of the logos or the emblems that they have had on their helmets in their history for the Redmen, they had one that was a stylized M also. It was, and really? I, 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 yeah, I saw it at first and I was like, that's, that kind of just floored me because considering the history that McGill, that the wow. McGill has had with the Alouettes, that the Owls have had at McGill, I felt it was very. Uh, remind me. I'll I'll see if I can find it and I'll send it to you uh, post yeah. interview because yeah. it's yeah. it's very interesting to see how well these two that the team is tied into into the university and and it's it's really cool. So, uh, Cliff, go ahead. Okay. Uh, now that the logo has been launched, uh, now that we've had a chance to finally see it on an actual like on the helmet, for example, or on the the team sweaters and all that stuff. Now what? Like, as far as now that everything's been launched, what now is? What's the goal now, other than getting the word out and making sure that people are aware that yes, the Alouettes have a new identity and love it or hate it, this is what it is. So now, what's what's the next step as far as uh, your your mission goes? For my mission, for for aesthetic, like hopefully, like people will 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 buy into it, and uh, the players are already into it. Like, but now it's like to how to connect the city with the team. For me, it's, it's, it's not with aesthetic. It's like, like, for example, at the launch, 
you saw it. I don't know, Cliff, if if you were there, but there there was a gray hoodie yes. at the launch. Yeah. This is an exclusive hoodie for players made by Off the Hook. Off the Hook is there for about 20 years in the street sports uh, in on St. Catherine, and they made an exclusive hoodie with all the championship on the on the sleeves. And uh, this is ex- exclusive for players. Like when the players will do the cut, they'll do the team. He will receive that hoodie for, as a welcome gift from the city. And he will also receive a manifesto. And that manifesto, like, there's a video about all the history, like Herb Trollick, the Pope, uh, Anthony Calvillo, uh, all that, uh, that, those stories. He will receive, like, a, a graphic guide of, and in that guide, there's, like, French word of football. There's a city guide of, if you like food, uh, if you like uh, music, those uh, record store in the city. So it's, it's like a welcoming thing. And... For us, this, those players are like, these guys are, are, are the product of the Alouette. So we need to treat them like a warm welcome. So, and after that, it's like to link them with the city. And after that, it's like, uh, is there cross thing that we can do with, with uh, food that we're going to serve for fans and uh, uh, super uh, just a, a Friday night with a, a local, local uh, restaurant or a local band that is coming. So Montreal is, is that is now we need to 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 learn now the, the kid the, the the baby has come out now he, he needs to walk he needs to talk he needs to grow so the next chapter is really like getting involved with the city and getting closer with the fans and well they're 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 now uh, at, at, in Quebec City actually the LOS are here just with the school program. Uh, doing uh, the, the province, like uh, 70 school, I guess, with Olivier, is doing a great job at sparking passion of football with kids in school. So all that, you, we need to walk the talk now. That's excellent. And yes, I did see that hoodie, and it's absolutely gorgeous. And I'm, I gotta say, if 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 all the players that are going to make the team are going to get one, I gotta say, I'm I'm pretty jealous. So maybe we can extend that to podcasters, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Tim and I, we we, we were talking about that, Tim and I, and we love it. Yeah, it's really yeah, nice. Yeah, and, and thanks. And that's exactly what we want. We want to feel that like, the players that feel exclusive, but then after that, it's the next step. It's the next step that we're going to put some exclusive for the fans also. And there's a lot, a lot, a lot like uh, of cool stores and sports stores and local artists that really like the, that opportunity to make some small addition like the, I know you know it as the, the huge scarf, right? Yeah. The, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's a local artist that does not that that's doing that in Montreal, and it's a storytelling product. That of course it's like too long. I I, I know it's too long, but <laughs> stuff that share on Instagram and people will, uh, everyone will go. When when Wamba was on stage with it, he looked like the prince. He looked like a like yeah. That's <laughs> true. He looked like he looked like royalty. You know what? You could actually probably, yeah. probably use it to to as a down marker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's ten yards long. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Bring out the scarf. <laughs> Bring out the scarf. One yeah, of the like, things that I liked are... too at the uh, at the at the launch was, and both Cliff and I talked about it quite a bit. Was and it stood out was the uh, the corduroy jacket with the new with the emblem on it. It's so yeah. It's different. It's not what you would expect from a, a normal sports team. Yeah, a quote-unquote normal sports team, exactly. 
Exactly. And this is what I, that was the gamble that we, 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 we taught, we, we think we, we, we got. It's like, uh, the, the, the new millennials or the younger audience or if you can, it's, it's really tough to wear a jersey at, 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 at work, right? Yeah. Or, uh, so, so we wanted to, to bring it because I know it's not like a sports logo at its core, like an angry bird or a big bear or, uh, but we wanted to, to play more like into fashion, like Nike or Adidas or stuff like that. So that players like, players are really into fashion. Mm-hmm. So just for instance, like John Bowman, oh, yeah. like, he's, yeah, because they're really into fashion. And these are mm-hmm. kids, like they, 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 they want to look good. First thing uh, Vernon Adams told me, like, you look good, you feel good, you play good. So, so we were, and Montreal is like that. It's like, it's like crossing, like it's, it's, it's eclectic. Like, so we mix fashion and sports and, some people would say, what, what the hell is going on with that? <laughs> uh, but you know, a lot of people told me, like, I want it. So yeah. we're going to do some exclusive, like 25 with the, the simple stitch inside. And, and we wanna, we're going to start from there. That's, I don't think anybody, I think this is probably the first time that I've seen where a team, I mean, yes, NFL, NBA, NHL, you have your normal, you know, fan gear. I, I uh, Cliff, I don't know if you can remember something like this, but I don't think I've ever seen where a a logo is not just built for a team. It's as as it's built for the community. It's to identify the community. It's to, uh, to identify, as you said, food, fashion, uh, festivals, et cetera, et cetera. The city. Yeah. 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 No, it, it's rare to see something like that. Usually a sports logo is for the sport or for the team, not necessarily for the city it plays in. So to see this, to see that you're really incorporating Montreal, into, like the Alouettes into Montreal and vice versa. I mean, it really does. It, it's bold. That's the best way I can describe yeah, yeah, it. Is, is it really stands out and really get, catches everyone's attention. Whether you love it or hate it, people do notice it. Exactly. What's That's uh, exactly what we want. What, Those were... That was good words, guys. I, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that was exactly that. <laughs> what's uh, uh, what's next for Garden? Are you guys going to be uh, aligning yourself with the team going forward? Are you because uh, you know? I yeah, think you're, uh, just, you're such a small. You're, you're a new company, but yet you you've gotten yourself out there into the into the world now. So it's well, what's what's next for, for yeah. Garden? Uh, next year, still with the Alouettes. I would really like to be with the Alouettes for a long time. Uh, it's the 75th anniversary coming up. Yeah. Uh, maybe a cup, a gray cup. Would be nice. So would be nice. So that, and for us, like, uh, we're doing so much stuff like here. Uh, it's just been crazy. We just launched like, uh, two weeks ago, the mega park in Quebec city, like an amusement park. Okay. We did all the, 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 the journey of experience for kids that we're doing like uh, video games. We're doing like, uh, we're doing a restaurant. Uh, we, we're doing like a, a lot of stuff, a lot of cool stuff. And for now, uh, we're blessed. We're blessed that people trust our business model to stay small and to collaborate with the best. And uh, but I'm wishing, like I'm, uh, uh, like these guys are my family, like the Alouettes. Like oh man, so much the players, the employees, even the sponsors, like and the fans. It's such a passionate group. Like if you're in the CFL today and. And even with the, with the worst uh, uh, record team, and still have that love, man, these guys are just contagious. Like, 
I've met so many fun people to work with, with, with these guys and the, the trust is so there and right. just wishes it's going to be a, a long, long ride again. Well, I know. And I would, I, and I would love, I would love to have maybe the, all the CFL 2.0 where they, where they heading. Uh, I, I would love to participate in that. Well, I, I'll, I'll be more than happy to let Garden create a new league logo. I'll be more than happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not a logo, but just to be involved with that, because I, I really like their, their vision, though, where, where they're, they're trying to taking risk. And I don't know, there's something there that I think yeah. it didn't go really, really cool yet. Um, no, this this league is going in a, in a different direction altogether, and it looks like they're planning to go far beyond anything we could possibly comprehend. So, I mean, just the the idea of being along for the ride for that would be absolutely amazing. So, yeah, I, I think that would definitely yeah. be a lot of fun. Now, yeah. If people want to first, if they want to uh, follow you on social media or, or your work, uh, where would they do that? Uh, Garden G J R D N dot Studio. Okay. And if I'm not mistaken, you might as well go ahead and give a plug. If anybody wants to see uh, what you guys did, the the the, uh, the 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 videos again, what what was the site name that had the entire Behance? You, Enhance, that's right. It's Behance, yeah, yeah. And .net. Yeah. And we've been featured last uh, yesterday. Oh, being nice. featured on Behance is huge. It's around the globe, so they feature us like a best project of the day, and then uh, yeah. Nice. If if anybody wants to know the the full link, you can head over to the I know the Alowitz page on on social media has it. I know you have it. Uh, we have it on on ours uh, over at Alowitz FL Deck, so you can check it out there, and you'll be able to go over there and see specifically what the uh, what the uh, what Garden was trying to to get across when it comes to this uh, this great branding. So, um, thank you. Like like Cliff said, uh, Sebastian, we greatly appreciate your time. Um, Thanks for inviting me. Oh yeah, Bowie's, and uh, uh, I'm sure uh, we will. You know, just you know, just reach out to us later on in the year if you're going to be at any events. We'll be more than happy to to actually meet you yeah. in person rather than see you on video or talk to you of on, on the thing. Just <laughs> of uh, course, yeah. Just just let us know, and uh, uh, we'll uh, uh, we'll start we'll start the chat all over again. All right, thank all you right. guys. Once again, we want to thank uh, Sebastian for for joining us. It was uh, greatly appreciated to take his time out. I mean, hey, is it? All the way in Quebec City, so it was nice of him to to call us uh, and join us on the show. Um, there are a if anybody watched the the video that you know that was uh, played by the Alzers online, as I mentioned in the show too, uh, there are some some boards that the Alouettes t- uh, and their company made up with some of the logos that they did not use. Uh, stay tuned to uh, social media, and I'll. I'll make sure I send out at least one of them that we received to give you an idea and an inside view of of what they themselves did uh, to determine how they got to um, what I've dubbed Cliff. I've dubbed it as the Embird. That's I think that's I don't know what else I could I, what else I could call it. I just I've dubbed it the Embird. <laughs> um, but overall, this is something that you and I have been waiting for. We were uh, Cliff and I were very gracious for the team for inviting us. I know there were some fans there at the at the actual launch itself uh, between six and seven. Um, I know we were in the minority, um, but so it was. We were very appreciative of the of the uh, of the of the team inviting us and letting us to attend as as media. Basically, um, mm-hmm. it was greatly appreciated. Um, uh, what uh, what was your uh, 
overall uh, uh, thoughts on, on the launch itself? Well, i tell you what. I mean, you had to get everybody's attention as far as this establishing a new identity goes. And that's pretty much what the Alouettes did. Like, they, they threw what I felt was a great launch party. I mean, it was a great event for everyone. I, it was exciting just to watch the reactions of people as they came in and they saw what was happening. And you, you were still getting, even just before the actual event got underway, like, you're starting to see little snippets of what the new logo was going to look like and what the new look was going to be. And it's just, there was just a, a buzz and excitement. And then a lot of the, uh, the players themselves were coming into the event and we got to talk with them and you could just like, they were like, man, you, you gotta be, you're gonna be ready. You gotta be ready. This is going to be crazy, man. You're going to love this. You're going to love this. Like you could see the excitement uh, just talking with uh, guys like, for example, like Vernon Adams and Matthew Schiltz, uh, Antonio Pipkin, uh, like, like those guys just were just beyond hyped for this uniform launch. Uh, once the, once the event got started, uh, so it was great to see uh, Hinak Mwamba and, mm-hmm. uh, Luc Jodin. Like these are like, when well, you talk about like the, the old school guys in, uh, LBJ and then sort of a, you know, a young veteran like, uh, Mwamba, like to, to see them both in, both in French and English talk to the, the crowd there and yeah. just explain just everything that went behind it, like the history behind it, like the, how this sort of evolved, like how everything sort of came to this moment. And it, it was just amazing. And then when they finally played that video to sort of, sort of show the evolution, like where this, where all this was coming from, when they showed the logo and just how they explained everything, it just made for, it, it got everybody. I could just feel the energy in the crowd. Like they were really excited to see what this final look was going to be. And then when the lights went out, boom, players came out and, there they are in the brand new uniforms, both home and away. And the place exploded. Like, wow. Like this was unbelievable. Like, like what a look. I mean, it, uh, it really jumps out uh, just uh, uh, as far as just how actually it's one thing to see it on in uh, photos and on, oh, on your computer screen. Oh yeah. Yeah. But once you actually see the actual physical uniforms on the players, like, holy crap. Like that's, that's wild. I mean, it's, it's something I mentioned to you where I think it's probably the first time because I'm, I'm more of a, of a dark uniform guy, you know, I'll buy my home jersey. But I, as I told you, uh, this is probably the first time that I have actually expressed interest in buying not only the away, the home jersey, but the away jersey, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, a white jersey, I mean, you can only do so much with it as far as I'm concerned. But I mean, like I said, I, I was it uh, Pipkin and uh, William Stanback. They were the first ones to model the actual road uniform. And like you and I said, it it's tight. I mean, it just looks looks so clean. It looks. I mean, there's not enough good things I could say about it. just the the overall look. The way it is is just incredible. And again, I was one of the first people that was not entirely sure when I first saw that leaked image of the the new logo. I'm like. Uh, I, I, I don't know about this. Like, it just seems so, I, I, like there's, I need more. Like you got to flesh this out a little bit more. Right. And sure enough that, that video they showed did actually do that. And then when you actually see the helmet, like how the, the logo sits on the helmet, oh. like it's not on the sides traditionally, like it's on top of the helmet. And when you see the way it falls down and you see it from all different angles, it, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, like, and as we mentioned, it's the best. Yeah, there could be a the team and the league can do so many things just to try and get an idea of what it will look like from the air. And I, I hope they do that. 
because I, I, that picture yeah. could be. I mean, everybody's seen I, I seen the iconic pictures of of all the linemen down in stance from their point of view, going down the sideline. You know, looking at them straight from from one sideline to the other sideline. This is a totally different view. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I'm I loved it. I, I love the launch. You know, as I said, I, I was at the I was at the the launch in '96. Um, completely different type of, of thing, but that that's what today is when it comes mm-hmm. to it's not just something that you would just re- release in the newspaper. Yeah, um, I loved it from everything from the uh, from the limited edition uh, launch day caps with the patch on them, with the launch patch uh, day patch on them. Well worth the money that I spent, <laughs> considering it went to uh, some of the, the proceeds went to the uh, to the Alowitz Foundation. Um, I'm intrigued. Uh, I've I've been you know honest in my opinions where I've said that I've I've liked the logo from day one. I think it and as I mentioned in the interview, to me I think it harks back to the to the Delta, the Delta logo. Uh huh. And it's funny that you mentioned the Delta logo because, again, as with any anytime you you launch something new, people are either going to love it or they're going to hate it. Yeah. And I have seen quite a few negative reviews. I've seen people that were just not happy with the look. They they don't understand the logo. They don't like how it looks. They uh, and again, there's still a lot of people that really do want the Alouettes to go back to that Delta logo, like full time, like those the uniforms from the 70s. They want to go back to that. But I think we're at a point now in in 2019 where sometimes you just can't go back to those things. Like I could see them maybe doing like a retro game once in a while in those uniforms because again, they were beautiful uniforms, and that is a beautiful logo, the Delta yeah, logo. And from what we heard. Um, that if it is true that the league is going about the same wa- route that the NFL has with you can only being able to use one helmet, mm-hmm. the Owls would have to go based off of their – would have to go with the, the dark uh, – uh, the blue shell helmets with the Delta logo. Yeah. Because, so, you know, unlike the NFL, you, you can only use one helmet now. So, I mean, you you can do other things to try to get to that point that you have a, a retro helmet. Um, but, yeah. So, it's – it's going to be it's uh, I, the what they can do going forward is going to be absolutely ast- interesting from the clothing line and it's going to be so interesting just to, I just want to know and this is one of the things that really freaked me out and I don't know if anybody knows about this one of the things that we learned Cliff is that the helmet logo is not your typical sticker nope it is actually a two step paint process where they had a stencil or whatever they used. Uh, they, first, they painted that, I guess, the helmet red, stencil down, painted it blue, took up the stencil, and there was your logo. Because mm-hmm. I had already asked Cam over at the, uh, the uh, who's, uh, who runs the boutique, what, what about the, the, the mini helmets? Because I want one. <laughs> I want one now. <laughs> so that's, I mean, I, I'm curious to know what they're going to do to try uh, that that's i didn't think it'd be that complicated no, gotta, there has to be a, maybe a two-step process that they can do mm-hmm. and that's just it It just kind of speaks to the complexity of the logo when you see it on on the helmet itself i mean that, again this is just one of those things that just is so innovative now is how they're presenting this like i mean it's it's really is like nothing we've ever seen before on not just in the cfl but pretty much any any football league yeah i mean like this is uh, especially too when you you under like you look at the logo itself on the helmet and you just look at it from the different perspectives like to me like you see the m when it's coming front like front face at you you see the wings of the the airplane 
on the sides. And then you see the bird formation on the back. I mean, like I said, at, at first I wasn't too sure about this logo, but then when you see it on the helmet itself and you see how it's explained and just it, again, it pops. It really does. It, it's really something I've never seen before. And uh, again, I, I can't overstate just how excited I am to see it on a football field because I just think it's going to translate incredibly once it's actually in action. Like one, it's one thing, as I said, to see it in in photos and even just seeing it on the players on that stage. Like, right. okay, that's that's kind of cool. That's neat. But the more I think about it, the more I look at it. I mean, like like I said, this is this is something I really want to see in action. So I'm again, <laughs> I, I I'm I'm really I mean, I'm always excited for training camp to get underway. But I mean, like I'm really excited to see this this helmet in action and then just to see the rest of the uniforms and just everybody else's reaction to how it's going to look on the field. It's, it's very exciting to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, we do want to mention, by the way, if you, if you weren't able to get to the, uh, weren't able, invited to the, um, to the launch, weren't able to get one of their pretty sweet swag bags, I must say. Um, and you weren't at the, Super Bowl party because they were giving away toques. They're giving some away on St. Catherine Street on Saturday. Uh, the uh, boutique is actually going to be open this Saturday. This Saturday. So uh, the 9th, the 9th of February, it'll be open from, I think, 12 to 4, if I remember correctly. Um, and you can see the new stuff in person because I know I saw the jerseys. I was asking how the new era stuff fit. Uh, I know. In this circumstance, Cliff, I think I'm sure you're going to be the same way. Where I want to try them on first to see how they fit me before I decide which which size to go with. Yeah, absolutely. It just makes sense because different sports. Like again, Reebok, I'm a medium. Uh, Nike, I'm a double XL. Like I mean, it's I I just don't understand like some of these athletic companies and just the way they size up their 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 gear. So yeah, uh, especially now with New Era taking over, I mean, it's uh, they they're basing a lot of their stuff off the Adidas model still for this year at least. Right. But again, they, as as we saw, like you, you got the New Era logo on everything and eventually they they are going to be the full-time provider of the uniforms for the, the the Canadian Football League. So expect to see some more changes potentially down the road for other teams as well. But uh, I guess the Alouettes being the, the first uh, test subject, if you will, yeah. for the new for the new era era, then, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I would definitely encourage fans to go on down to the boutique and uh, check it out. Check out the new sweaters in person, uh, try them on and just get a feel for them because, yeah, that's – I think that's really if you haven't if you didn't go to the launch and you're only just seeing this stuff on on your computer screen or on social media or whatnot, I strongly advise to you folks go check these things out in person because I remember after the actual launch was done and you saw everything you saw the players and that mingling in the crowd afterwards and they were wearing those jerseys and you could see the excitement like you could see just how sharp everything looks in person as well so. Again, I, I don't think our words or photos really do these jerseys justice yeah. as far as the look goes. Oh, I mean, exactly. It's... Exactly. And I said, I, I do understand there will be, some, will be some people don't want to change, but um, I do. I don't mind. I don't mind. Uh, just as a reminder, too, because as we were trying to save some time when it came to playing the interview, uh, if you want to listen to the full interview that we had with uh, Sebastian, you can go over to uh, alowitzflightdeck.ca and listen to the full interview uh, in its entirety. Um, way well, good show for our open for our uh, first season four. Absolutely, and 
again, folks, uh, there are many more to come. I, we won't be doing it every week, but uh, I'd say every once in a while we will come out there. I mean, as I said, we've got more than enough stuff to talk about uh, this offseason. Uh, there's also a few folks that, again, uh, shout out to a lot of the players that we spoke with. A lot of them were saying, hey, they're either asking me, how's the podcast? When's the next podcast? Or when am I going to be on the podcast? So guess what? <laughs> we've we got to get some, some of these guys on to sit and talk some football. So uh, stay tuned, folks, because uh, the plan is in place. Uh, we would definitely want to get more of the players involved, hear about their offseason, see how they feel about this new look, and pretty much what they want to get through to you as, as listeners to get excited about Alouette's football again. So like, as far as I'm concerned, I am more than happy to let these these fellows come on the air, sit and chat with Tim and I. And uh, between the three of us, if we can't get you excited about football, I don't know what will at this point. Yeah, exactly. Um, again, if you just keep keep, uh, keep an eye on social media for anything that comes from Cliff or myself. I'm at R-E-P-P-A-C-T. Cliff is at Cliff E-D. Um, we will be back. This is just the beginning of the uh, of the of season four for uh for the Alouettes flight deck so for everybody here at the flight deck for cliffy d i'm tim capper we're on final approach Take off. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.